Are you going to start? <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd show. I almost answered this uh, the same way I would answer the phone at work, but I didn't. Can you? <laughs> Ciao, thanks for calling the Anthony and Todd Show. <laughs> we are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Trevor, a.k.a. Just Us Girls 2. And I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my droog, my co-worker, Vincent. A.k.a. Soccer Papa. <laughs> this is when you're here, you're family. <laughs> this is episode 135 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call... All the toilet paper is gone because Zach Vieira used it for his cardboard city. Uh, today? Today, we're going to be talking about a couple of independent releases. <laughs> I don't know if all the... Uh, no, yeah, maybe. I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, Soccer Mommy's probably main bigger label. Actually, U.S. Girl's probably a bigger label. Zach Vieira, I have no idea. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the latest U.S. Girl's record, Heavy Light. The latest Zach Vier project, Cardboard City. Uh, the latest Wajada or Wahada. 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 Don't let get you down. I hate that title. <laughs> I kind of hate it. Too. And uh, the latest Soccer Mommy project, Color Theory. Are you ready to take an art 101 class? Yes, I already know about color theory. Yeah. It's how the Simpsons house is colored. <laughs> Before we start, if you want to find the Anthony and Todd show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find us at Anthony and Todd. You can find us at youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. And you can find us at Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify by searching the Anthony and Todd show in your favorite podcast browser. Now it's time to avoid the sunlight. You got to get out of that heavy light or else you're going to catch skin cancer. Uh -oh, uh -oh, <laughs> time to go over the latest skin cancer. U.S. Girls album, Heavy, heavy Light. light. Uh, U.S. Girls is a Toronto-based pop project that only has one member. It's Megan Remy. It's very similar to Tame Impala. In or which Shoo Shoo. Kevin Parker stacks. He, he stands in front of a light to make himself look bigger, <laughs> like a frilled lizard, but it's only Kevin Parker and Tame Impala. <laughs> U.S. Girls released in a poem unlimited back in 2018, which was carried by the single... Pearly Gates. Oh, uh, stuck in a horny place. <laughs> We've seen that before off camera. I don't know how that came up, but I'm really glad it did. Uh, their last, uh, <laughs> Megan's last album was kind of disappointing because the single Pearly Gates and singles like Mad as Hell were very better than the c remainder of the parts, which were kind of jazzy or just very unpersonable or interesting. She had some really cool concepts for songs, but when it kind of relied on her own personality, kind of just, or the production itself kind of just fell flat mm -hmm. and became uninteresting. Uh, this album had a couple singles of uh, four American dollars and overtime. And this album's kind of the same thing in a sense. This album's kind of worse because I think the heights of the last album were better. I just think that the album cover of this one was not as good. Yeah. Like, just where you on? Oh wait, that's not it. It's that one. Oh, guess we're reviewing J Electronica. <laughs> All right, time to do it again. Uh, but I, I think on this one she's way more. This reminds me of Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> kind of right. Yeah, but huh. it's just like flat. I don't. I don't like it. It looks like family beach photo, which is not... It looks like when you go to the mall to get your picture taken. That's a very fake backdrop. Yeah. I also tried to look up if she had a daughter or if that's like a niece or like... It's just a kid. Just some kid. Because this thing's about adolescence and like relating with your younger self and like learning on your past mistakes. Um, but like the first couple of tracks aren't really about that. 
Four American Dollars is like a disco track. Yeah, it's almost like very Motown inspired. <laughs> yeah, which I really, I really liked because the last album's singles were like kind of '80s, '70s rock inspired, yeah. and this one is very like Motown kind of with like a lot of backing vocals that are like. I got four American dollars. Tell me what you got. <laughs> That's actually not like, how it goes. It, it's about the mindset of how you can do anything in America, but also talking about the issues of poverty. Yeah, and it stuff reminds me of West Side Story a lot. Oh, they're going to say West Side Gun. <laughs> like I almost did, but then I changed it. That's um, not what I meant. Overtime say. is talking about how uh, a relationship with a partner where the partner ends up uh, dying because he gets into a car crash that... Uh, essentially, I, uh, I believe he ends up dying. I, I don't remember his car crash, but the whole entire track's about how he's doing overtime and keeping the money for himself to go out drinking, mm-hmm. and how overtime is a positive because you get more money, but the work itself drowns you to essentially uh, self hatred and self despair. Um, but the rest of the album's not really about that. <laughs> like those are two political tracks that the rest of the album's about adolescence. And relating to previous versions of yourself with these skits, um, like The Color of Your Childhood Bedroom, or Vice to Teenage Self, where it's like these uh, amalgamated bunch of voices whispering, so it's ASMR, kind of creeps me out. Yeah. Um, talking about the mistakes or parts of their adolescence that they would change or the lessons they would learn. Um, but when it comes time for Megan to express what she's learned, I really don't get a lot. Like, she's telling stories, but I don't... I don't... Yeah, she's kind of like, you should learn from your teenage self, but I am not going to tell you what I learned from my... Yeah, like, I don't I don't get any point. Like, I'm missing something. It's like, it's like, like everybody's the, sharing the most embarrassing moment of their life, and Megan's sitting back and be like, yeah, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> and that's it. Like, I don't... Like, Woodstock 99, I, 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 I find it hard to find a point in this like very awkward situation that expresses like why the scenario is important and relies mostly on her like tracks when like she's political or she's telling like stories outside of herself are interesting. But when she focuses on herself, it really doesn't seem like a lot's there. Yeah. And that's the base of this album. The production is very seventies, eighties esque pop. Um, and it's kind of, cut in place to be not as extravagant as you would after the first couple of tracks. Yeah, that's uh that's about my summary of the album. That's that's really it's it. just kind of disappointing. I like the first couple tracks like Four American Dollars Overtime and I think IOU would fall into that as yeah. well. Uh they're just more exciting, more I don't know, like they're, a better message I guess. Yeah. I like the inspiration of those tracks better. And they would fall under, like, Pearly Gates, in which I would consider, like, Pearly Gates was, like, a top-notch track. Yeah. Pearly I would Gates consider, was like, Four American Dollars to be a top-notch track. Pearly Gates wasn't a reflection of herself. It was more a political stance or a, a storytelling moment. Mm-hmm. So when it gets time to do self-reflection, it doesn't right. hit. Keep an eye out, Squares, if you tell them meaningless right now, I'm filling out four to five on this. I think you're, like, a four. Yeah. Uh, time to don't let... You get down. Okay. Okay. Let's get down. <laughs> no, you can't the let get down you can't let you get down. You can't watch I can like get you down. You can't watch the get down. <laughs> Time to go to the latest Bahada album. Don't let get you down. 
Wow. <laughs> I, I, that... I don't like that title. The more I no, say I it, it gives me a stroke. Stupid. Uh, John Tejada is an Austrian-born electronic music producer who teams up with Reggie Watts again, who's a comedian, beatboxer, uh, musician uh, as part of Comedy Bang Bang. He also did a TED Talk. That, but also uh, James Corden's show, like the Late Late Show, whatever it's yeah. called. Um, and the two paired up. <laughs> two years ago on casual high technology to create this very weird mix of gibberish and basic electronica that I think was a little bit long in the ends and didn't really serve a grander purpose. But I think Reggie Watts personality was really fun, light upbringing. You had amazing tracks like running, which was very uh, breathless and very energetic. And it had this weird momentum shift to the entire thing. You had moments where Reggie Watts were just completely speaking gibberish, and it was the most fun and strange, funky, gelatinous thing ever. Um, this this is their brain theater debut, uh, Flying Lotus's label. Yeah. So I was just hoping for them to step up their game. And, and what would this transition to a, a wider audience would be, or a, a more appreciated label would be? And it's uh, kind of the same, but different. I think the grander scheme of things, this album doesn't really have a purpose in the grander scheme of things, but I think it gets more into interesting house territory where there's a lot more house production on this. It's not just like kind of light, basic electronic. What? It's an in-house production. <laughs> it's not just light uh, electronica. And Reggie really blends well on top of it as a front man. But there isn't the highs as there were in the last album. Everything just kind of blends together. And Reggie's performance is very strange and oddy film. But just because, like, there, he doesn't make what he's saying really mean anything. And that's the problem with gibberish a lot of times is, like, it depends a lot on the performance. So you got to make the performance completely impeccable because if not, like, what's the point? No, I understand that. I would compare this a lot to like Steve Lacey on Sunflower, the Vampire Weekend track. Yeah. Uh, it. I mean, what he was saying like really didn't mean anything, but I still hear that song like played in bars a lot. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> um, I honestly never thought that Wahada would make another album because I did not see a reason to do so. Yeah. Like I don't think that there's any market for this. <laughs> I don't think anybody really wanted it, but they made it anyway. I kind of wanted I, it to see if they would up their game, but guess, after like, this, I'm kind of just like, maybe they kind of reached that peak. Yeah, I've gotten... This was this was exhausting to listen to. I didn't find it exhausting. I thought it was more... It's more easy to get through as an album, but it still really doesn't serve a grander purpose. In the end, it doesn't... There really isn't anything to return to because where the casual high technology had those tracks, no, this doesn't. I mean, like, okay, first of all, I'm telling you how no, I I'm, I'm expressing mine, <laughs> and he, like, I don't know, it was a chore to make myself listen to this, yeah, because I remembered the last one and I liked the last one, but like that one just there's nothing to grasp onto with like gibberish, it's hard sometimes. And it's like maybe some of the reason that listening to like music in other languages is harder because it's not, it's hard to attach yourself to like lyrics that you don't really know what they're saying yeah. or like instrumental music as a whole. Like sometimes I think can be hard to relate to. That's the reason like people don't like classical music. I don't know that kind of thing. But like this is literally just gibberish, <laughs> which I think is even less accessible than like classical music or music in a different language. <laughs> You're kind of right. Yeah, I, yeah see? 
So like house music, not really my forte to begin with. Like definitely not my absolute favorite thing. But when you add a guy who's gibberish over it, it reminds me of that. What is that one video of the guy who gets up in the camera and goes like, I think I think whatever it is, it's racist in the way it sounds. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. At all? No. <laughs> this guy's like just freaking out on the camera. That's what this reminds me of. Okay. I'll just show you afterward. Um, but it reminds one thing that this reminds me of is uh Rachel watched that a special for Netflix a couple years ago called like Spatial Something. And uh it was like gibberish for jokes like he wasn't singing he was he was telling jokes like he was just ad-libbing jokes like it was very weird <laughs> like it was kind of charming but it wasn't and like if you applied that to his the wahada as an act the musical background makes it interesting because like he's had some older comedy specials that were kind of just improvised gibberish I don't know. Like but I think Reggie like, wants this. I find his song "Fuck Shit Stack" to be very like gibberish. I guess like it doesn't mean anything. But it's supposed to be but a it's critique. Re- it's really funny. It's a critique of like profanity in hip hop. In a way, yeah, yeah, I think so. But also like a lot of his like lines just don't make any sense. Yeah. It's just like ad libbing at all. Did you did you play Joke Boat on Jackbox when you came over the last time? Uh, I wish. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's what that kind of reminds me. Just of. gibberish yeah. collaboration. Yeah, like they don't they don't make any sense. You, you try to finish somebody else's joke, and you get it completely wrong. Like yeah. that's what this album reminds me of. <laughs> I don't know. I have like I really have no real reason to come back to this I, I don't ever either. again. I, I I think it's a more easier album to sit through but i also think compared to the last one but i also think there's no highs to return to out in this entire thing and i think they kind of showed that this concept's probably already done before it kind of there's there's no progression that i was expecting it's kind of yeah done this is the anchor to it he might have scores if you tell me this right now i'm filling up five six no yeah five six i guess like a five yeah uh, are you ready to build an entire city Made out of, of ki- out of cardboard Why from the you... toilet paper rolls that we bought? All the toilet paper. Why would rolls. you do that? Uh, time to go to the latest Zach Varil album, Cardboard City, or however you pronounce his last name. I'm not I'm pretty sure it's Vier. Vier, like the like the sparkling water. Like Pierre. Pierre. Vier. Pierre Born. Pierre, Vier come out Born. here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zach Vier is a Louisiana-based music. Uh, producer, musician, rapper, singer, indie, alternative R and B producer. Uh, he was yeah, very like lo fi production, and he actually produced for Amir Van, who's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Probably his uh, best on, track, on high tolerance. Yeah, his, back in his best solo track. Yeah, very good. Uh, he's worked with Rex Orange County. He's also what was the other artist that we found out? Uh, Toby Lou. Toby Lou, yeah. Uh, he put out Little Word in 2017, which I tried to get to at the time, but I, I just found it kind of inaccessible, even though the, the hit single Cool was so nerdy, strange, like soulful and funky and weird. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed like the quirkiness of him. And then he put out some singles afterwards, which I really enjoyed uh, The Fort, fucking amazing track where he he's he's very reserved 
quirky strange but he isn't like it isn't built around that gimmick yeah it's just the natural presentation of himself and it's very emotional and brooding and it works really well i really enjoy that track and then the singles building up to this i thought were okay like i i i enjoyed sore throat i thought it was fine uh but like the build-up to the rest of these tracks getting into it the biggest problem i have with this album is that it it really he's not really good as a front man <laughs> No. Yeah. Because like there's moments sore throat, he's fine, but like other other moments across this thing, he's like he's just too nerdy. Like we're getting into gunna territory. I'm gonna think I'm gonna make like a <laughs> I think I'm gonna make like a white boy chart that explains <laughs> this, but I'm not sure how I wanna do it. Because like I think that like easily Zach Vier could be like a Rex Orange County. But I think Rex Orange County is a little more charming, less nerdy. Yeah. Okay. And then not, I think not like to say Rex Zach County Vier is like cheesy. Zach Vier is like so nerdy that it like hurts. hurts. <laughs> and like I think Jack Harlow could have gone the way of Zach Vier, but Jack Harlow <laughs> likes to act like he's black. <laughs> he he likes to be cheesy. Yes. He likes to he likes to act like harder than he is. He started making trap music. Where I think like Sundown on Jack Harlow's first album, we're getting into some weird territory, but I'm gonna go with it. Sundown was like an awesome track, and then everything because it wasn't like trap inspired. Yeah, it was kind of like more lo-fi hip hop inspired. Zach Veer went so like I mean I think Cool was like funny. Yeah, because he's like awkward, but on this latest record, anytime that he is left to his own devices, <laughs> he sounds like. Hobo Johnson. <laughs> Not even Hobo Johnson, because Hobo Johnson... Hobo ex- Johnson specifically on Subaru Crosstrek. <laughs> no, because even that's, like, charming. No, just voice-wise. <laughs> <laughs> like, Zach Pierre went so nerdy that, I, I, it, that it hurts. I, I, like, like, it's just not relatable anymore, because I don't think anybody has that kind of crushing like crippling awkwardness in their life like i think a general consensus of what hobo johnson is you could say is what zach Farrelly is on this album like just some nerdy white dude that rambles and doesn't really get to any points right and that's what it is on this album it's like it's lower fi alternative r&b that's moody so it's like in the vein of your your brock hamptons and your uh your rex orange counties uh, with another important one I probably should bring up, but I can't. Benny I mean, sings. Benny sings. Claro's even a little bit in that alternative space, indie space. Um, I'm going to make the chart. <laughs> but it really just doesn't go anywhere. And sometimes he's just left for his devices so long that he becomes he becomes annoying. And like it's hard to grasp any lyricism because everything's just super basic relationship stuff. And there's no gripping emotional performances like he has on the fort or anything that's bright and cheerful and like, like on cool, like on cool. It's like his performance can't sign the check of what this album is. And it just leaves me very confused on what the purpose of this was. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh, I'll give it that the the album cover is really good. Uh, the album cover is a uh, complete trash. I uh, just like, oh, that's Wahada. That's soccer mommy. There you go. <laughs> I like it I, I, because it looks awful. Because the other ones were like aerial shots of people, and that was really cool. This yeah, is just this like is this is just like I applied Snapchat filters to <laughs> That's album art. Makes it funny. <laughs> 
I think Zach Pierre has the ability to be really funny. And I think he has the ability to be like a good artist, but he just really didn't showcase it on this one. <laughs> My favorite part of this, besides Sore Throat, which I like thought was okay, yeah. was the sketch My Hero. <laughs> because it, it reminds me of like an all that skit where he's like, Hey man, hand over your wallet. <laughs> hey man, I don't have any money, I promise you. Well, if you don't hand over your wallet, hand over your Jordans. Oh man, I just bought these. Like He's like playing all these different characters and it sounds really bad and like lo-fi. I think that makes it funny. That's that's my favorite. But that's the only so other far. really notable thing besides his awkwardness that reigns yeah. supreme across like, this. I don't know. I think he I think he was like, Well, people like me being awkward and weird on cool, so what if I just <laughs> floored it without any really context <laughs> yeah. into what made cool interesting in the awkwardness yes exactly uh i didn't like this this kind of was like pulling teeth uh keep my own sports if you tell me this right now I, I think this is a big boy three uh yeah i'm gonna give it a two yeah sorry um but yeah i really didn't enjoy this um i thought it was really kind of disappointing because he has showcased huge amounts of potential in the past to only become uh, very minor setback. This sounds like something that would be. This album sounds like the audience that listens to that like Spotify playlist. So it's like there is no genre. Yeah, you know that one where like they play like Brockhampton and Claro sometimes, but like it's mostly just like these indie acts that are just like so vague and unimportant. Um, I think Watsky would also fall on that chart somewhere, and Zach Vier is edging very close to Watsky. <laughs> And once, once you get like two steps away from Watsky or Eminem, I will make the chart. <laughs> uh, are you are you a mommy and do you also like soccer? Uh, no. You're gonna say no to those things. No, I kind of like soccer. Okay, I like amateur soccer. <laughs> Professional soccer is boring. Uh, time to go to the latest soccer mommy album, A Color Theory. Time to learn about some Art One Hundred One material. <laughs> What? I said The Simpsons house. Yeah, how it's colored the way it is. Soccer Mommy is a Nashville singer-songwriter who we released her last project in 2018, Clean, which I actually really enjoyed. I think I enjoyed it more post-review. I think it grew on me a bit. Um, I have the, the album on vinyl. I really enjoy it because it's kind of this like grungy, filthy, lower-fi experience where Soccer Mommy lets her raw emotions and her insecurities just kind of fly out. She isn't being the most creative uh, or, or groundbreaking artist, but I think the consistency of uh, character and emotion and personality she showcases is just a nice mix of an album. Yeah, I was interested to see how this would progress with a bigger budget, bigger performances on this across this thing, and it's this is just this is just disappointing because it's like clean, more pol- It's like clean the album, more polished. <laughs> But, like, it tries to hit the same beats and the same personality moments, so it's like she almost hasn't progressed anywhere in the last two years. Yeah. But there's no, like, urgency to it. That's what I find really, like, disappointing, but also really strange about, like, a lot of these indie acts. Like, and this can extend to, like, Claro, Snail Mail, and specifically, like, this album here, Soccer Mommy. Um, The songs, like, don't progress very well. Yeah. They're just very, like, one note. This will sound like a lot like my uh, Father John Misty pure comedy <laughs> review, my famous pure comedy review, first album review. I know, actually, crazy. Um, but I just find a lot of these notes to be like very one note ish, 
and they don't really progress. Now, like, if you've got kind of a catchy chorus, like a lot of the singles do on here, Bloodstream, Circle the Drain, Crawling My Skin, Yellows Cover Eyes. Yeah, like, those are the best tracks. Yeah, the, the singles that came off of this. Like, she has, like, a catchy enough chorus that you could be like, okay, this is fine, I can listen to this. But when you break it down, But then you it's... break it down, and the verses are the same thing over and over. It's just very repetitive. It's fundamentally the same material that she gave us two years ago. Here's the kicker. Specifically, I was listening to Yellow's The Color of Her Eyes, and I was like, this is okay. The verses are very repetitive. It's the same meter every time. It's the same volume, same instruments, same chorus. Like, nothing is changing besides, like, some words. The song starts to die down. I was like, cool. Song's over. Nope. She's still singing. I look at my phone. There's two minutes left on this already five-minute track that's gone by, and it sounds exactly the same as everything else that's on here. There's only ten songs on this track, and it's gracing almost an hour. Like, yeah. These songs are long, and they don't progress anywhere. That's yeah. It makes it so boring to yeah. listen to. This is not the most boring type of release we've had like in this nature, because I think Snail Mile was pouring more teas they're like claro's last project was probably pouring more teas but like this is just like there's no urgency she's talking about the same material even like bloodstream it sounds like cool yeah like over again like it just sounds like the same material the same like jealousness or not like the same self insecurity the same style performed again to show that there that there has been no depth of character created. Exactly. No change. It's just the same album, but like cleaner production, mm. larger production. But it doesn't progress, so it doesn't mean anymore. I kind of like how it was just simple at times on the first album where she was just playing with guitar. Not to say that it isn't on here, but by the time it arrives, it's just like you're already brain dead to the material that's coming on. Yeah, even like I found like the more percussion on this was a little better, like kind of a step in the right direction. But it was almost like Sakamami was like, oh, wait, that's too much. Like, I want you to put pillows in all of your drums and then play. <laughs> put a <laughs> pillow like, on the hi-hat and it. then hit the pillow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know too much. I don't have anything else to say. Oh, this is just disappointing. This is another disappointing release this week. Uh, keep my eye on scores if you're telling me this right now. I'm filling up a three to four. Yeah, I'll give this a three. Yeah. And that's it for this week. It's been a very disappointing episode. Uh reason why we put all the disappointing reviews right next to each other just so it's we put all the good ones right next to each other too uzi vert's eternal wait a take that one's 10 out of 10 good that was was a good review yeah uh that's it for this episode uh it's probably gonna be the last in-person review for a while because of the corona outbreak so this is the last time i have to touch trevor's head i'm not gonna do it because i don't want to invade your personal privacy coronavirus (laughs) coronavirus has been living on my hand for weeks uh, according to uh, Viper, he created the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> I would not put it past him. <laughs> Apparently, he's a Discord too. I am not surprised by that. And either. then also, he said he was making progressive trance music. Okay. Yeah. So Viper's, Viper's just, he's doing his best. Yeah. Um, Viper is uh, weirdly developing an audience in a way i did not want him to <laughs> i think it needs to stop uh also if i say that i hope he makes a diss trap because anytime anyone says anything negative about him like this guy did like a a breakdown like trap like some tra- like traps in his name somewhat but like he did a, a breakdown of like viper and then <laughs> viper did a diss track <laughs> to the guy 
and he like took the photo of his video and put like a hit marker on it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. If you uh, until next time, guys, if you want to follow the Anthony Todd Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and find us at Anthony Todd. You can find us youtube.com forward slash the Anthony Todd Show, and you can find us Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify. That's it. By searching the Anthony Todd Show in your favorite podcast browser. Um, until next time, guys, stay safe, wear masks like that one, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Stay safe. That's probably the biggest key to anything is not getting the virus. So make sure you touch everything with your tongue. Have you seen those uh, TikTok challenges where people lick the toilet? No. <laughs> it's like the, called the coronavirus challenge. People okay. just lick the toilet. It's just like there's this chick in the airport bathroom. She just puts her tongue out. Oh, wait, the- no, I did hear about that. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye, everybody.